Hello and welcome to the Blitz Business Development Show. My name is Mayo Best and I'm a business consultant and coach as well as the founder of the Blitz Business Development Academy. This is a show that provides guidance, resources, and access to best practices to help you advertise, manage, and build geometric profits. From freelancers and home-based business owners to startups and storefronts, you will learn how to start small as you think and grow big. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Blitz Business Development Show. I, of course, am your host, Mayo Best, here again with another deep dive, folks, into ways to enhance and increase your businesses using some of the best practices that the Fortune 500 companies are using and beyond. Now, without further ado, guys, I'm going to be jumping into a very interesting uh, topic for the show today. Now, I know you can see the bottom of your screens probably about now what the topic is, but with that said, I'm not going to waste your time telling you something you can read because I want to keep talking about what we're going to get into, folks. As we all know, with the world getting smaller and smaller due to technology, well, our need to be able to start really doing things that are more inclusive and that more intelligent as it relates to anything from cultural intelligence, okay, to your uh, emotional intelligence. These different type of competencies of the mind are becoming critical. And I know we've been spending a lot of time on these types of subjects lately, but because they're not really talked about, these soft skills that honestly are becoming critical, not just in your cultural workplace, but in the global landscape of business. I'm just trying to give you an example of how deep this actually is and how this can dramatically explode your profits in your business if you start developing these honestly must-have business skills that relates with cognitive abilities. So with that said, let me show you who's going to be coming on our show next to help us with this. Stephen Underwood is a global cross-cultural business strategist. He is responsible for the training and mentoring of his unique proprietary services and programs that help professionals deal with stress, anxiety, and burnout. From cultural intelligence to emotional and technological intelligence, Stephen uses an assortment of approaches to aid him in helping his clients get the most out of their teams. Some of Stephen's programs include solutions ranging from cognitive behavior, global business consulting, and corporate wellness. Stephen has been passionate about helping small businesses around the world to optimize their employees' performance. Stephen, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm doing fine yourself, Mayo. It's good to be here with you, man, and to your audience. Uh, so good to be here with you, and thank you for inviting me in this opportunity to uh, grace your platform. Absolutely, sir. The pleasure is definitely all mine. So, Steve, we want to start off with, you know, where are you originally from? <laughs> Originally, uh, I possessed uh, dual citizenship. I was born in Torreon de Autos, Madrid, Spain. Uh, I have dual citizenship uh, because of my father being 21 years in the Air Force. By the time I was three and four, I lived on at least three to four, maybe five major continents in my lifetime and have done a lot of extensive traveling. But originally, I'm originally from Torreon de Autos, Madrid, Spain. Wow. Okay. You know, just so the audience knows, I actually already know Steven, and it's always funny talking to him because I'm always learning something new that I didn't know either. So though I'm asking some of these questions, guys, like, you know, I know some of these answers, but some of these things, I'm sitting up here thinking, wow, okay, I didn't know that. 
But anyway, we're going to be learning some things together today. So, Stephen, can you share with the audience, um, what, was it, what was it like, I mean, growing up in Madrid, Spain? Um, very interesting to say the least, but, uh, you know, uh, you formulate a, um, a mindset, you formulate a attitude that, uh, number one, the world is larger than, uh, than just you. Mm. And then also you, you come into accepting the, uh, plethora of, uh, complexities of, uh, cultures and, uh, ethnic groups and nationalities, uh, that you otherwise wouldn't be, uh, familiarized with unlike you know saying a person that has been born and raised all their life in the united states or uk or you know any other part of the world it gives you a broader mindset to be able to adapt and not only adapt but to be able to navigate the world that you live in Mm. so uh, it sounds like did you did you grow up in different places because your parents were you know in service uh, yes. Again, my father was 21 years Air Force. Uh, my mother uh, did a lot of traveling with him as well. Uh, three of my, my two of my siblings that are now deceased, my two younger brothers, we were born in Torreon, de Artes, Madrid, Spain. Four of my oldest siblings were born in Paris, France. Only one of our siblings was born in uh, in the United States, and he was born in Las Vegas, Nevada. He used to catch a lot of crap. No pun intended. He used to catch a lot of crap. Uh, from people because they would ask him, oh, did your mother have you on a crap table? And so, but uh, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very interesting lifestyle, you know, of growing, like I said, uh, in different places. Uh, again, it stretches your mindset, it stretches your attitude, but most importantly, it stretches you as a person to be able to not only be adaptable, but to be able to learn different cultures, different languages, different ethnicities uh, of different places that you live. Mm, okay. Now, Stephen, you know, I've, I was always curious about this. You know, as an African-American growing up in these different places, did you ever feel like you were different? Or, you know, was it were you growing up, growing up in places where, you know, like maybe you were the only African-American that ever stood out to you. Or what was your experience growing up in those different places as a child and being African-American? Uh, good question. Uh, honestly, you, uh, again, because of the, uh, the uh, plethora of complexities of cultures, uh, you're not just uh, apt to just meet one culture. You're not just apt to meet, you know, a person even uh, of your caliber or your ethnicity, you know, uh, of being, you know, black, African, you know, Negro descent. You meet different people of different, uh, you know, cultures and different uh, uh, languages right off the continent of, uh, of Africa. And, uh, you know, uh, one of my one of my uh, places that I live, uh, I became good friends with an Italian uh, kid. And uh, anybody who knows anything about uh, the Italian folks and the Italian brothers, you know, uh, there is that type of uh, stigma. But it's not like it was, you know, or like it is today. Uh, you know, uh, I got along with pretty much... Uh, all the different cultures that I had came across and been blessed to meet. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, no, it's, uh, it's not different to just have just one 
you know, particular uh, person of uh, ethnicity, uh, language, or nationality. Uh, there were kids that, uh, you know, that were also American that I knew and that I grew up with because their fathers and mothers being, uh, uh, you know, military. But uh, there is a almost kind of like a unique bond that is formulated between uh, what we call military brat children. Mm. And uh, we have our own code. We have our own lingo. We have our own, uh, you know, uh, ways of life of moving through uh, through life and loop through the world. But, uh, you know, it again, it helps us be adaptable uh, to any given situation and mm. uh, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. So, Stephen, how would you say that that, you know, multicultural exposure has influenced your work now. Oh, that that is uh, really good. Uh, you know, I I, I always was uh, industrial uh, with my hands, just with my energy and uh, things of that nature. Uh, I I very suddenly went to my parents or went to my dad for money. I always, you know, from the hard work ethic of him, my mother and uh, others in my life, uh, I just always worked for whatever I wanted. And uh, but, uh, you know, the uh, the place of where I'm at now and what I do as a profession, as a uh, global cross cultural business strategist, it has lended itself uh, very uh, efficacy uh, to what it is that I do. Um you know, uh, helping people, you know, to enhance their overall makeup of intelligence by and through the spiritual intelligence quotient. And people ask me, Steve, what do you mean spiritual intelligence quotient? You know, like I explained to one CEO out of uh, Virginia, he said, this seemed like a bunch of hogwash to me. I said, sir, I said, it's very funny that you say that. I said, but I'm going to prove to you very qualitatively and quantitatively and also data wise that everything I'm presenting to you is factual, scientifically proven, and it can be shown and it can be proven to you dollar amount that you're missing something in some area aspect of your company or even your own life. And so went on with that and I told him and I explained to him very uh, simply, don't confuse spirituality and spiritual intelligence. Spirituality has to do with a person's uh, sect of faith of what they believe in or something that they place their hope and their faith in. That's not what I, what it is that I do. I'm not pushing some religious sect or some type of faith or religion. Uh, people find that every single day and most people are turned off by it. But what I'm talking about is, as you so often say, uh, whenever we conversate, everywhere you go, you take you along with you. So spiritual intelligence quotient or spiritual intelligence or what is known in uh, my sector of uh, of terminology, SQ, spiritual quotient, is everywhere you go, you take you along with you. It's about your about how you behave and how you move throughout your environment, your culture, your uh, uh, sphere of influence and do it in such a way that is ambiguous, unambiguous to you and to others to where you don't infringe upon their rights. You don't infringe upon who they are as a person. You don't uh, you, you know, you don't even become uh, hostile or frustrated at a person just simply because they're different from you, you know, basically and simply because of the way that they speak or even the way that they look. 
Okay, now this conversation has a lot of potential <laughs> to really get dangerous in terms of time and have us go off into a very uh <laughs> big tangent. You just touched on like literally a powder keg of like <laughs> of issues in that one in that one scoop of what you just said there. Um, without allowing myself to get too far off book here, I do want to ask something that is actually not scripted as one of my questions for you. And, you know, cause I think you've touched on some very important apropos, uh, points, especially in this day and age where everything is so polarized. Um, people are doubling, if not triple, tripling down on their positions, um, you know, there's uh, goodness gracious. There's so much less tolerance um, yes. for for people who do not necessarily think what other people think. Now, what I find very interesting about it, which is why we are actually doing this show, and re- this is why I want small business owners in particular to be very aware of some of the things that uh, Stephen teaches, and also what he's talking about now. Now. You know, in the context of your own personal beliefs, you can think or feel whatever you want to think. But I think especially if people are listening to this in the U.S., I know I have some listeners that are in some other countries. But for the U.S. listeners in particular, you know, one thing that we all have to remember is this world is much bigger than any one of our singular points of views. And although... You have every right to believe and think what you believe. And if you want to double and triple down on your own belief, just remember that from a business perspective, we work in in a environment where there is a global context. And you have to be very careful because, as Stephen just said, wherever you go, you take yourself. And if you take that those same sort of limiting and compartmentalize and polarize beliefs into a global marketplace where people are coming from all different walks of life and different religions. They have different points of view, different customs. You're not going to be able to honestly, in my opinion, survive um, yes. or definitely not thrive in the world that we are going into now. And that's because things are getting smaller and smaller from a global perspective. But technologically, that's a whole nother barrier. But right now we aren't even touching that because that's a whole nother aspect to this equation. So what I'm curious of is the question is for you, Stephen, is what do you think about that? In the context of small business owners, given what you do in terms of the different types of um, social uh, soft skills that you work on and that you've cultivated. Can you share with the audience from your point of view why these skills are so important? Uh, that is that is extremely, extremely important and very good question, Mayo. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, to your audience, I would say this, and especially to small uh small and mid-sized businesses, you can no longer ill afford to negate the fact that you just assume about your clientele, your customer base, because your assumption could lead you down a path 
to where it is your customer or your or your uh, client could not want you to have anything other to do with you. And not only that, but just the one client that you deal with, you don't know the six degree of separation that that person is connected to. Mm. Listen to what I'm saying. You don't know the sixth degree of separation that that person is connected to. And by the way that you, you know, treat them, and I'll just say it in, in the words of uh, Maya Angelou, people suddenly will remember what you said to them. They will even very rarely remember, you know, what you did. But they will always remember how you made them feel. Mm. From the time that you, you know, from the time that they come into the doors of your establishment, whether it be virtual or even whether it be, you know, uh, natural, how you make them feel from the time they from the time that their foot crosses the threshold of your door. Again, as they say, you know, you only have one time to make a good impression. And if that impression is messed up or if it's any way uh, unhinged, if it's any way offensive, and especially in today's time, as Mayo said, we're living in the, we're living in today of today's cancel culture. Your business can be canceled literally in a matter of seconds. <laughs> just I mean, just forget about uh, them leaving your store and never coming back. Think about the, the magnitude and the leverage of social media. That's true. All they got to do is go on social media and write one review about how nasty you were, how uh, disrespectful, you know, your uh, your uh, you know, your employees were or even how you failed as a leader or a store manager or, you know, or the owner failed to not come to the aid of the person that graced your store. And if you don't know the emotional uh, uh, quotient, if you don't know the cognitive intelligence, if you don't even possess the physical intelligence or prowess, and then on top of that, what I teach the whole totality of that, this SQ, the spiritual quotient of that, all of this stuff houses in. If you don't know how to move in such a way, and not only move in such a way, but if you do not know how to gracefully handle a minor situation, to where it can, you know, as they say, you know, you're making a, uh, you're making a, a molehill out of a mountain. If you don't know how to gracefully deal with a molehill, you can rest assured you're going to be dealing with a mountain for sure. Right. And so these soft skills, uh, Mayo, these are imperative it, and it's incumbent, you know, uh, upon small businesses and mid-sized businesses to, you know, to help their, you know, employee base. To get and obtain these soft skills, you know, uh, there were a time, you know, uh, you know, for a while, me and you were offering our services for free. Now, you know, we're unable to, but we still, you know, will do and, and extend and leverage ourselves to help these small to mid-sized businesses. But it, it, it's imperative. It's, it's very crucial in this day and time of how because uh for a prime example i share with you and i shared this story with you about one day how uh you know me and my wife we were sitting and contemplating on how to revamp and how to restructure our business and we would you know it was a sunny day like today is and we were sitting out on the porch and you know just minding our business and lo and behold here comes down our street a woman in an suv and she was an asiatic one with her granddaughter 
and my children outside playing and stuff of that nature. And uh, she's driving by slowly and she cracks down her granddaughter's window and she says to her, she said, is this you can multicultural mocking group? And my kids up there looking at me, staring at me and like, dad, she's speaking to you. And by that time, my wife was already inside. She knew what the what the gist was. She was already setting up the computer and different things of that nature. And she got out the car, parked her car. And she, you know, I knew that she was a little bit apprehensive. And then it dawned on me. My SQ informed my cognitive. Idiot, fool, you speak, you speak Chinese. Say hello to her. I said, she, she said, Nehemiah. She said, oh, you speak Chinese? I said, she, 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 she just means yes, yes, in Chinese. Mm. All of a sudden, I, I saw her apprehension come down and I saw her, her granddaughter where they both were. And if you have to know that uh, culture of people, they hold hands a lot, especially the females. But when I did that, that caused their apprehension to come down. They let go of each other's hand. The uh, granddaughter did like this, giving her grandmother's, you know, way to come up first. And then the granddaughter followed behind. And then she turned around and looked at me again. She said, you speak Mandarin, you know, Hey, yes, I do. Welcome to my, you know, welcome to my abode. And so these are the type of things uh, that I'm talking about. And I believe that you're referring to male to where, you know, these soft skills, instead of you, instead of you living from the outside in, you're now living from the inside out and it's having grave, uh, uh, phenomenal and impactful, uh, you know, uh, resident on your environment around you and even around those that are your that are in your sphere of influence you know it's funny as i'm listening to you and it, it kind of got me to thinking about something i haven't really thought about before about these soft skills is that you know normally when we think of you know customer service you know customer <laughs> service of course is a variation of some of these soft skills however you know i've always thought of cu customer service as a way of you know also increasing value and having it lend to a value proposition you know for my company as a whole and, and knowing and always being aware of how that can translate to my you know lifetime value to my customer however in this day and age, given all of the things that we're talking about right now, as it relates to cancel culture, as it relates to the fact that we have to be far more aware of how we conduct ourselves on these social media platforms and things. That yes. And I have to say this to everyone, you know, it's one thing if you're using, like, say, for instance, Facebook, you know, for your business. It's another thing to use Facebook for your personal life. And, you know. I like to think that this goes without saying, but <laughs> my experience has taught me otherwise that a lot of folks have not quite realized that you have to be really careful now. You, especially if you have a small business, you don't have the luxury, unfortunately, anymore, in my opinion, I'll say, um, to freely express yourself on everything that you think maybe matters to you. You really want to be conscious of what you're doing out there in social media because you know it's getting harder and harder and easier and easier for people to honestly just just literally totally destroy your business just yes. like you know for how you are conducting yourself so 
I say that to say that, you know, it feels as though now these soft skills that you're speaking of, Stephen, they're just as much of a necessity as, let's just say, a sort of pre-defensive, you know, strategy, you know, as much as it is something that can be used in an offensive way in terms of, I don't say offensive, I'll say in terms of increasing your value proposition. I mean, honestly, just to to reduce liability is what I'm really getting at here. You know, this is something that I think is going to become more important. So with that said, I'm going to move on here because we got a ways to go here. So my next question to you, Stephen, is um, at what point do you think you knew that you wanted to pursue the line of work that you are now in your business? Oh, man, (laughs) that happened to me. Me and my wife, we launched our business in January of 2007 as e-commerce firm. We still have that arm of our business because what we wanted to do was present to individuals and also to uh, business owners and uh, professionals and executives how to improve and how to enhance their overall health. And, uh, you know, you heard the saying, you know, uh, no health, no wealth. And so we we still held on to that. But it wasn't until around about 2014. And this took a this took a long evolutional process for us to come to where we're at now. Again, we started in 2007, but it wasn't until around about 2014 when we made the pivoting transition into this direction of uh, a spiritual intelligence quotient under the umbrella of DENI, which stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, uh, and it dawned on me, my wife came to me because like I said, we were uh, talking about how to revamp, how to restructure and how to pivot, you know, because there were some things as you and I had uh, talked, you know, uh, over some time. And so, uh uh, she said to me, she said, Stephen, maybe you're going about this all the wrong way. And I was like, how so? She said, maybe you need to go backwards in order to work forwards. Hmm. Maybe you need to maybe you need to work from the context of what you're used to and what what you came from and then work your way forward. Meaning, you know, I grew up from a global context. I grew up from a international international uh, uh, platform or plateau, uh, uh, so to speak. And uh, when she said it, it was like a light bulb just went off, you know, in my mind. I was like, man, she, she might have, you know, she might have something. And so we started revamping, you know, and we changed the name of our, our, our company. We were called UCAN Multicultural Marketing Group, LLC. We then added the global to it, UCAN Global Multicultural Consultancy, LLC, Group, LLC, to give the context of a global feel. Because, again, that's the context that I'm used to and I come from. And since we made that adjustment, uh, Mayo, into your audience, things have just been opening up. Uh, we since then hired a business coach, my business coach, uh, who is Catherine B. Roy, uh, you know, was able to interview on her platform. And after interviewing on her platform, uh, things have just opened up so beautifully uh, for us in our business. We have had at least four or five speaking engagements. And in this year, we have uh, three uh, other more speaking engagements in 2022. And then we're going to be hosting our own speaking global summit uh, in September 
uh, 22nd through the 25th. But uh, since we made that change and made the, and, and, and possessing the soft skills that you mentioned earlier in the question that you asked me earlier, it helped us to be able to pivot hmm. before the storm. And right. me and you talk about that so often, uh, Mayo, that, uh, you know, businesses, they needed to have made the pivot before the wave even got crestful or even got even for Apex. Because if you decided to change while the storm was happening, you were going to sink. And so we're we're so glad that we made the pivot and made the change in 2014, because I believe it is what has helped us to, you know, to stay uh, true to ourselves and not only true to ourselves, but to help us navigate these uncertain times that we find ourselves in. And so uh, I believe that that is, uh, you know, where we are and, and, and the changes that we have had to make has helped us become not only just viable, but has caused us to become valuable in today's global economy. And I, I always say to you that value is king in the context of the global uh, marketplace. And it's very much, uh, you know, that's very much true. But I hope that we answered your question. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. So, Stephen, it, you pretty much followed uh, some of the footsteps of your father because you became a soldier yourself, right? Yes. Okay. So was there anything about your experience uh, in the military during any of the campaigns that you were involved in um, that influences your pursuit of your work now? Oh, yes, very much so. Uh, it was it was hard for me to believe. I joined the military in, back in 1989, and I also, uh, me and two of my older siblings, we were part of uh, the first Persian Gulf War, which was known as Desert Storm and Desert Shield, which later evolved into OIF Operation Iraqi Freedom, uh, where we went through Kuwait and then went into Iraq. And then from Iraq, it became uh, Operation Enduring Freedom, even currently to this day. Uh, yes, several things come to mind as you ask me this question, Mayo, and to your audience. One thing that was very shocking to me was, you know, uh, although we were supposed to be uh, coming out of the end of one era, of time going into another and then you know everybody was looking for you know uh the 1990s and think that it was going to be oh everything's going to be new everything's going to be you know fresh and different but it was amazing to me that i still found and i still uh dealt with racial uh tension in the military hmm. Right. And my father, you know, used to tell me about, you know, him and other uh, black African Negro men, what they dealt with. And, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, that, you know, I wasn't going to be dealing with anything like that. But I, I, I met it head, head on, not only in boot camp, but it really became prevalent to me that it was, you know, it was, you know, this is what it really was. I dealt with it when I went out to my first duty station out in San Diego, California. I mean, and it literally blew my mind. And uh, and then not only that, what also uh, uh, you know uh, messed me up was the uh, the level of uh, persons that uh, had ranking, but and that had that mentality and that disposition. But a lot of uh, of people that had uh, clout, as we say, or had rank and uh, they were just perverted. 
you know, uh, they felt that because they had a Chevron or two or three, you know, that they could just talk to you any old kind of way. And not only that, uh, even making sexual advances towards mm. you. And uh, I mean, and, and that along with the racial, but that right there, you know, because again, I've never, I've never uh, dealt with that to experience this. And after all the traveling that I've done in my life from a child, even uh, to my adult uh, age, and then to deal with this in my, uh, you know, early teens, because I left home around the age of 17, been on my own ever since. And to deal with that at that young of an age, you can imagine what that does to a person's cognitive psyche and then what it does to their emotional state and even what it does to their physiological uh physiological being and uh and then you start questioning all other types of things as it deals with what i deal with now dealing with spiritual intelligence quotient and uh you know uh yeah those are there were a lot of things that i dealt with from that aspect from the military that i thought was in the past but met, i mean smack dab in my face right in the present or what we know as the future right so steven with that said who inspires you now? Oh, uh, one who inspired me was uh, my mom. She was very entrepreneurial. Uh, she wanted to establish, uh, you know, uh, a business that where she could have her kids not only work for her and my father, but she wanted to have something that she could leave as a legacy to her children and to her grandchildren but she never got to see that materialize and i guess that's the reason why and me and you talk about this so often this is the reason why you know uh we're so driven the way that we are and uh n and not only because of the times that we live in uh and then you know the uh the stigma that we have to deal with as being black african negroid men in today's world, but just the just the fact of having something uh, that you could call your own. Uh, other people that inspire me are, uh, you know, um, um, Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, other men are like, uh, you know, uh, Les Brown. Uh, I remember the first time I ever heard Les Brown. I was like, that's what I want to do because I knew that I had the gift of gab. I knew that, you know, <laughs> I knew that I could, you know, I could talk my way out of anything. And so these were men that inspired me. Other men, great men, Jim Rohn, uh, who has now gone on, uh, uh, Dennis Waitley and uh, many others, uh, Bob Proctor, and, uh, you know, uh, God rest his soul. He has passed now in this year. But uh, these are men that have had profound effect upon me. And uh, and then another one that has had an effect upon me, and I've just known him for a short period of time, that's you, sir, uh, Mayo <laughs> Beth. You know, uh, there's, uh, yeah, yeah, there's very few people that you meet, you know, and I have a saying, and I just shared this with uh, uh, a person that I spoke with, you know, out of Luxembourg, Germany. And uh, I said, you know, I never want to come into your life if I can't make your life better off than what it was before mm. you met me. Yeah. Because everything, everything you touch, you ought to add, you ought to be adding life to it and you ought to be adding great value of worth to it and so if we you know if i can't do that and if we can't do that from a business standpoint and to your audience if you're not doing that you know at a subatomic level 
to your um, not only just your customers and your uh, clients, but if you're not doing that just simply for your employees, you might as well get out the game. And so uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, couldn't agree more, sir. So I want to transition a little bit now. Um, Stephen, can you share with us a little bit about your educational background and the modalities that you studied that equips you to deal with some of the complicated subject matter that you're working with today with um, a lot of your clients? Yes. Uh, my, <clears throat> my education uh, came from Grand Canyon University. Uh, I was going to uh, school for a business uh, business science and uh, business administration with an emphasis or concentration in information networking systems. But that that program, I shared this with Mayo, that program got phased out on me. And so I had to uh, I had to change my trajectory. And so I got into uh, Christian studies, got my bachelor's, graduated top of my class with that magna cum laude and then matriculated and got my first master's. Uh, in uh, spiritual leadership and then got my finished up my third degree which was my second master's in a master of divinity and so as you can see uh, those degrees help lend itself uh, to me teaching on and teaching about and training in spiritual intelligence quotient and whatever uh, has uh, lend itself I've then uh, been certified through the United States uh, Institute of Diplomacy and Protocol and Human Rights uh, here in Washington, D.C., through uh, Miss uh, Isabella Badoyo and also um, Mr. Manuel Osaka. Uh, Through their program, I have been certified as a licensed uh, human rights uh, advocate. And also I have a um, uh, diplomacy and protocol and business etiquette uh, certification, as well as a, um, I also have a virtual uh, virtual planner event planner uh, certification, and then I also, uh, to top it off, male, I also have been uh, certified as a master NLP practitioner uh, through IG. Uh, GNLP, and so uh, that's been my uh, my makeup and my tutelage. And uh, I've always have loved learning, and uh, but it wasn't until I learned my learning style that uh, I just began to flourish and begin to thrive. And so, uh, even as a business owner, uh, I would say to your audience, never stop growing as a business. You know, learn from other businesses that aren't even in your industry because they might have something that you know you might need that you might be totally oblivious of and just something that you might come in contact with. And this is, this is where I love what I do in, 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 in the education that I have received mail is that it has given me a uh, ability not only to be adaptable, but it's given me the ability to become uh, almost like a chameleon flexible within this global context of the marketplace. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Now, Stephen, what would you say is required in order for you to be effective at what you do? Number one, be open-minded. Yeah, you know, be open-minded. You know, uh, there's often a saying, my friend Kevin Ford, he used to say, a closed mouth won't get fed. Just the same way a closed mind can't learn and a closed mind can't grow. So, number one, I would say it's imperative that you have an open mind 
And then on, on top of that, have the right attitude. Mm. And, and all that simply just means have the right spirit about you. Don't always, you know, claim and think that you know it all. Because if that was the case, if you did, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't need no help. And if you did know it all, there wouldn't be no need for you to be in the business that you're in, whatever it might be. And so uh, those would be the things that I would uh, I would suggest and I would say in learning uh, anything. And especially especially what what it is that I do is having an open mind and having a receptive and a, uh, you know, uh, just a receiving and a giving spirit. Okay, okay. So, Stephen, you you studied a lot of things in regard to cultural intelligence, emotional intelligence, uh, positivity quotient, or PQ as it's called. How do you go about applying those frameworks to your daily life? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, one of the things that I do as it deals with positive intelligence is that, like, for instance, again, uh, I just have to say kudos and thank you to you because uh, there was a time in my life, you know, uh, again, uh, that just speaks to your uh, cognitive uh, quotient and your emotional intelligence. And most people don't know how to feel other people. They just think, oh, you know, like, for instance, oh, they're just typical black people. They just act like that. He's just, you know, drinking from the bar. No, there's a reason why people are the way that they are. And when I met you, uh, I was I was cognitively stuck. And you knew that. And you said, hey, Steve, I just want to make a suggestion to you. Won't you try my 21-day reset? <laughs> I did. And uh, it was phenomenal. And it changed and it revolutionized. And totally, it resurrected my own thinking. And, and it gave me the capacity to, uh, you know, to uh, to have the the quick acuity mentally to bounce back. And, uh, and uh, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you for that. And so, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, that's what I would say uh, as it concerns and as it pertains to that. But uh, did I answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe you did. Okay. I believe it sounds like, you know, what you do to, and just correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like what you're saying here is you basically try to apply through practice the yes. same modalities that you use, the same frameworks that you use for your clients. You try to basically use them in your life. And it sounds yeah. like you're, you're very conscious of uh, mental conditioning. Thank you for that, for, <laughs> for speaking about 21 day mental reset. Um, but yeah, you, you, you practice what you preach. <laughs> that's what yeah. I think that's the sum and that's the that's the key thing, uh, Mel, in, in, in this industry and especially in the global marketplace, uh, it's impaired. And especially in business, it's imperative. Again, it's incumbent upon each of us, irregardless of whether you choose to go in business or not, just as a being, be authentic in anything you do. Right. Because in the culture, in the words of my coach, Andy Enriquez, uh, of becoming, uh, you know, a master storyteller, he said, the way that you do anything is the way that you do everything. That's right. And so from the from the time you wake up to the time you lay down, I, I, I do, you know, uh, and to further elaborate on that. I do a lot of uh, meditative, contemplative uh, thinking. I do a lot of meditative, contemplative praying. Mm. I do a lot of reading a vast array of things. I just don't only just, you know, a lot of people, you know, who get degrees in uh, MDiv, they just only read things that are just 
without, uh, you know, quote unquote, holy or just, you know, uh, dealing with religion or, you know, I read about religion, philosophy, read about business and all these different types of things. Because, again, it's uh, it's about and you also, you know, uh, taught me about this stretching the neuroelasticity of the mind. And I believe this is where we're getting at in business is that we have to be we have to be very flexible in uh, in adapting and uh, uh, expanding the neuroplasticity of our business intelligence to be able to embrace all people of all walks of life, no matter who, again, no matter who crosses the threshold of your store, whether virtually or physically, because you're going to need to know how to uh, how to handle them and how to treat them. Because, again, in the words of my Angela, people will very suddenly remember what you said or what you did, but they will remember how you made them feel. Yeah, that's that's um, very, very key. Um, that's something that I definitely try to remember all the time in business, you know, with every client that I actually work with. With that said, let's make a, a little switch here. And I want to talk about methodology and frameworks for a second. So um, what is a typical type of problem that your clients bring to you to solve? Okay. Uh, the usual type of problem that they bring to me is communication problems, uh, cultural uh, differences, cultural uh, stigmas, and things of that nature. And uh, what I usually do and use as a, uh, a, a, a model framework, I, I tend to generally, uh, you know, send off to either HR or send off to the uh, the business owner or the CEO if I can, you know, if they have time and I have them fill out uh, a quick, brief questionnaire of where the, you know, mentally, where the mentality of their business is at cognitive where they're at emotionally, where they're at physiologically. And then from there, I'm able to take what it is that I know that I am, you know, where I add value from the space of spiritual intelligence quotient. That will then give me a cue of how I know how to set up this uh, this modality of framework to help them get the best results, to help them get the maximized productivity, and to help them to deal with what it is that is affecting their bottom line. Okay, so you actually start off with an assessment. Yes. Okay, so the assessment is of, now is the assessment of the business owner and of the employees, or is it of both? It's it's a little bit of both, depending upon, again, depending upon what area that they're having the most problem. And as you know, uh, as being a business owner yourself and an entrepreneur, majority of the problem is not is not so much uh, dealing with the employees. Majority of the problem it starts with the head, and we know we both know what uh, we both know what uh, John Maxwell says. Everything rises and falls with leadership. That's right. And so if the head if the head is you know if the head turns this way, guess what? The body's turning that way, and it's the same way you can look at it analogously or illustratively. If the if the head, which is the CEO and the HR director and all those that are down below him, if their head is turning this way, guess what? The employees are turning this way. And so sometimes uh, when leaders in a position of leadership, whether they're a CEO or whether they're a, a manager or whether they are, uh, you know, a, a team leader, 
they go to try to fuss at the uh, at the employee. No, because as my friend and our friend uh, George Scott, you know, in his business, he says, you know, when you're pointing like this, you got three other fingers coming back at you. You need to, uh, again, spiritual intelligence is not about, you know, uh, 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 all this woo-woo type. It is about you taking a, a, a earnest, hard look at yourself. Because again, everywhere you go, you take you along with you. So if the if the you know if you're not getting an employee to respond to you correctly, would you have to stop and look and ask yourself cognitively and emotionally, what type of vibe am I getting off, giving off, or what type of way am I speaking that's causing them to respond to me in a negative or causing them to respond to me harshly? And so that's what that assessment does. But yes, we do. We do. And we can do both. But majority of the time, I normally I start with I start from the head and then work my way down. Okay, so we're coming in for a landing now. And what I want to ask you is what are three powerful things that my listeners can do tomorrow to enhance their business with the type of uh, frameworks and methodologies you teach? Okay, uh, I'll just start with just the just three. I won't even mention um, PQ. I'll just I'll just mention SQ. I'll mention EQ, and I'll mention CQ. Uh, first, starting with EQ, do a, do an emotional evaluation. Your emotional evaluation is like a a a a, a thermometer. It allows you to know the degrees and the fluctuation. <clears throat> excuse me, the fluctuation of where or how the environment, the atmosphere, the atmospheric pressure that's inside of your business, your company, or or, or, or even if whether you work outside of your or in your home, it will let you know, you know, what that temperature degree is, emotion. Then I would say, where is your business or where is your, your you know, your organization at cognitively dealing with cognitive diversity? cognitive brain fog and different things of that nature and then i would say sq find out find out what is the type of behavior that your company is emitting what type of you know what type of uh, uh you know before you get into a place what is the what is the word on the street as we so as we used to say what's the word on the street you know, because we uh, we used to know people, you know, oh, hey, watch out for this one. Even before they got on the street, we knew them because why? Because they had a reputation. Hmm. So SQ, again, SQ has to do with how am I behaving? So find out what's the word on the street? What is the 411 on who and what and how your business is in the minds, in the perception and in the mouths of your clients or your customer base because listen word of mouth is powerful brother me and you both know that word of mouth is powerful you know you could have just one person come in and i'm talking about that person come in and not like your service and you might have thought you have done everything right and they could tear your business down and again now we have to start transitioning our mindset from not only just word of mouth all they have to do is get on their phone now and just, I'm talking about right in the middle of your restaurant, say one word out of context and your whole business, 
your whole uh, 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 rating of your company can go down literally in a matter of seconds. So, Stephen, just to kind of recap that one more time for my audience, and can you actually briefly define each one of those different quotients? Because I know you mentioned EQSQ, and I remember, I forget the last one you said, but can you make sure we define each one of them for them so that they really have context? Yeah, yeah. SQ is spiritual quotient, and SQ has to do with how I behave. Okay. In in the in the context of of interacting in the world, EQ has to do with how I feel about something in the way that I behave. Whether either the way I behave or how someone behaves towards me, that's what EQ is. That's emotional quotient. Then you have CQ, which is cognitive uh, uh, quotient, and that is simply how I perceive, how I think, the way I think. Why am I thinking the way I think? How am I, you know, how am I taking information on how the way that I think? And so all of those three things. And then I mentioned also to PQ, but I didn't mention it in the illustration, but just for GP, PQ stands for physical quotient. And that that just simply means how am I going to carry out what it is that I feel, how it is that I think, and how I behave. You have to have a physiological being to be able to carry that out. And that is carried out through your physical state of your body. And so uh, that's, uh, but did we answer that for you and your audience? Absolutely. That's perfect. So what I'd like to know now, sir, is can you provide the listeners with some benefits that they could experience by utilizing your services in their business? Oh, yes. Uh, one, one major benefit is that you will find a change and a shift in your environment. Mm. And that is key because, again, now it, now it is incumbent. And not only is it incumbent, now uh, there are local, state, and is getting to the federal level where they're going to start mandating hmm. companies, uh, despite your size, they're they are going to be they're going to begin to start mandating for you to be for you to be compliant and being psychologically safe. Really? That's interesting. I want to say that again. They're going to start demanding both state, local, and federal for you to be psychologically safe in your environment. Because again, the type of the type of atmosphere that we're dealing with today, you know, people, you know, people uh, uh, coming out of this, slowly coming out of this uh this fog of this pandemic and and, and just creating a place of safety for people and so it's uh it's imperative and uh that's uh one of the things that we will help do we will help change and shift the context of your environment atmospherically and also environmentally and then the other uh benefit added benefit is that listen it's one thing to operate like this but it's a whole total other different thing to operate like this and so we can help and we can uh, enhance you and your team operating, you know, from just individualistic uh, individualism into uh, into operating in a collectivism. And then not only only operating in collectivism, but what does collectivism do if you're not willing to cooperate? We can help you and your, you know, your team, your business and everything work from a place of cooperation and not only just collectivity 
And so those are some of the added benefits, just some of the added benefits that we are able to add uh, of value and of worth uh, to uh, companies and to business owners uh, as they're seeking to thrive and grow their business. Awesome. Awesome. So, Stephen, um, do you have a special offer that you would like to give to the listeners for the show today? Oh, yes. Uh, thank you for asking that question, Mayor. Uh, I have two. Matter of fact, I would like to offer a, a free 45 minute uh, brief, uh, strategy briefing call. And that's 45 minutes. And uh, they can go to my Calendly calendar. And that is uh, Calendly.com forward slash corporate chaos killer. Corporate chaos killer. And then you'll be able to get in touch with me. And then the other offer I would like to offer your audience, if they will contact me uh, through our business email, which is the global at gmail.com, we would like to send you a free PDF of, of a, a teaching or uh, a PDF on your personal brand, building your personal brand that will help you with your marketing, help you with your uh, sales and help you with getting and uh, and fine tuning your message to be able to, you know, expand your brand. And so that's the two things that I would like to offer your audience. I would like to offer them a 45 minute free uh, strategy briefing call. Again, calendly.com forward slash corporate chaos killer. And then uh, we also like to offer a, a free PDF on personal branding of helping you build your brand and to help you get your marketing message out there with distinction and with clarity. Wow. That's phenomenal. I was going to ask you how they can get in contact with you, but you pretty much covered that. And do you have any other handles that you like to share in terms of how they can contact you or was that just it just there? Oh uh, yes. They can contact us through uh, Facebook. You can contest through Facebook. Uh, you just put in, in the put in the search engine, Stephen Underwood, and I'll pop up. And then uh, also you can get in touch with us through Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the letter U C A N S A B eight. And then you can get a hold of us through there. And then we also you can get a hold of us through uh, Pinterest, and you can get a hold of us through Tumblr, as well as you can get a hold of us through LinkedIn. But if you are in the DMV area. Of District of Columbia, Maryland, or Virginia, you can contact us through our business phone call or business number, which is 202-421-4387. Just text, hey, I heard, you know, I heard the broadcast or the podcast on uh, Mayo's uh, Blitz show, Blitz business development show, and just text me and let me know how you heard of us. And we'd be very glad to connect with you collaborate with you and also cooperate with you and we look very forward to uh, you know connecting with some of your audience there mayo thank you so much absolutely so folks you just heard it from none other than mr stephen underwood now everything that you just heard him say of course we will have a link for a lot of this information in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast right now we got you covered as usual and of course for all of my youtube followers and folks watching the show on youtube you will also get the information in the show notes from there as well so this was a phenomenal show in my opinion um if you did not know that there were so many different quotients <laughs> and the funny thing is when i first met steven only thing i knew of was emotional intelligence and i can um uh, what's it iq 
And that's it. I did not know that there were like 50 other different types of ways to measure one's intelligence. But Steven has opened my mind to so many different things. So I appreciate him and thank him for being on the show today. And folks, that's it. I'm Mayo Best for the Bliss Business Development Show. I will see you guys for our show next week. Take care and God bless. But one more thing I almost forgot, guys. Of course, as always, the um, uh, show notes are going to reveal all of the takeaways at the end of the show. So, you're going to hit that pause button, guys. Of course, you know, that's the beauty of watching the whole thing through. I'm going to go through and highlight some of the great gems that Steven has dropped in the show. You guys can download it. The time logs will be there as well. So, I want to make sure you guys remember that, you know, every show... We have the takeaways at the back of the show. So hopefully you guys were taking notes, but I kind of always highlight, as you know, some of the things that I thought the, the guest said that was phenomenal. With that said, Steven's going to also do a complimentary 10-minute educational video, which will be in the link as well. Okay, and now we are done. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mayo. Thank you to your audience. Thank you, Stephen.